I'm your host, J.B. Clark, and today I sit in on a conversation between Mavis Agency copywriter Riley Manning, our Director of Marketing Emma Geiger, and Social Media Coordinator and Internal Designer Aubrey Pohl, as they discuss the considerations banks need to take into account when interacting with clients online and in social media. If you haven't already, read Riley's article, How Chase's Twitter Blunder Shows Failure to Offer Value, on the Mabus Agency blog, or you can listen to him read it on our previous episode of the blogcast. Welcome to the Blogcast bonus content, uh, where we're going to dive into some of the content we write on our website with the authors of the uh, posts, blogs, white papers, and what have you. Uh, I'm J.B. Clark. I'm just bringing everybody in. I'm going to let the other folks talk here in just a second, but I'm joined today by Riley Manning, who actually wrote this reaction to Chase's sort of Twitter meltdown last week. Riley, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good, JB. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. And so Riley's a copywriter here at Mabus Agency. He works on uh, websites and commercials and content strategy for uh, a lot of the banks that we work with here at Mabus Agency. And joining us, uh, we've got Aubrey Pohl, who manages uh, most all the social media that comes through Mabus Agency. So he's definitely uh, been tuned into this uh, Chase story. Aubrey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm all right, man. Doing all right. And then finally, we've got Emma Geiger. Emma uh, helps manage... Most of Mabus Agency's uh, internal marketing, the stuff that we, uh, our own our own marketing strategy, as well as uh, helps the uh, other creatives in our company um, build those strategies out for uh, other banks. So, Emma, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Riley, just bring us up to speed a little bit, uh, just in case folks uh, didn't listen to the last episode or didn't read the blog yet. And if you haven't, you can at the website, at our website or on the podcast feed. But uh, bring us up to speed on what we're going to be talking about today, and then I'll let you guys just hop in and, and uh, ask some questions and get talking. Sure. So uh, last week for Chase's uh, hashtag Monday Motivation, uh, Chase published this sort of like tone-deaf tweet uh, that follows kind of a popular meme format that's kind of going around the internet right now. It's it's hard to sum it up because it is like so many things and nothing at once. You know, on one hand, uh, well, I'll just read the tweet. It says, you, why is my balance so low? Bank account, make coffee at home, eat the food that's in the fridge. You don't need a cab, walk three blocks. You, I guess we'll never know. So uh, I get it. So you could definitely say, yeah, those would help me have more money in my bank account. But also it feels a little bit naggy, maybe. Right. I think we all know somebody who spends uh two to five dollars a day on coffee or always gets an appetizer when they're out to eat or whatever uh and this person is you know cries broke plenty and it's like it's no mystery where your spare money might be going chase has like all the resources available to help people who really need help and maybe part of being so big is that by like trying to hit such a small demographic of like i said in the blog post like immature spenders it's just so big that it can't help but like step on people uh, who are, you know, doing everything they can to like climb out of financial hardship. So you're saying if you and I were at lunch and you said, "Hey, I feel like I need a little more money. I'm not, you know, I don't. I'm kind of broke." And I said these things to you. You might say, "Yeah, you're right." 
But if I had a million dollars and had literally written the book on how to be a better, you know, spender, investor or whatever, then maybe uh, I should offer you that instead (laughs) yeah it's like somebody who inherited uh millions of dollars of wealth telling you like hey bro like maybe maybe don't get an extra order of fries or something right it it doesn't it doesn't feel good right no one wants to be told how to spend their money period yeah absolutely yeah and i guess it's um you know chase as a bank you know i think of if this was a person this would be a person who could not spend all the money that they have if they tried uh what can this person tell me about being broke and like that's kind of what this that's kind of what this is uh so we established this pretty tone deaf aubrey you manage social media here talk a little bit about just what you saw there yeah okay so uh a, a little background on how i look at social media before i get into it um I'm part of the generation that started social media in middle school or earlier. And so when that started, me and all my peers, the only thing that there was to tweet about was the skating rink that we were at or the beach party, or it was very low risk, casual thing. So it's, I've grown up looking at it strictly from this lens of uh, this sort of playful, casual, no risk scenario. Uh, And it was interesting to see companies like Chase, but really any kind of business realize that social media is this crazy strange space where you can interact with your with your clients and your customers and potentially new customers constantly it's become a huge deal for everyone uh so my first reaction when i was sitting at my desk and i saw that people in maybe this agency were talking about some bank related tweet that was getting a lot of bad reactions my, my initial thought was what did i do w- what did i what did i say on mavis agency twitter uh because there is that at, at the end of the day um whether there's a team or a system or all the proofing in the world once you put that thing out there it's out there uh and it's usually it ends with one person or someone putting this thing out into the world um and you just never know how it's going to be digested by everyone so the first thing I thought was, okay, what have I done? So I went and looked into it and realized it wasn't me, so thank God. And then the next thing I wondered was, how did this get out there? When I eventually read Riley's blog, and I started thinking about this before I got to this section, but he talked about how he thought about our proofing, our proofing processes here at Mabus Agency and, and what could have happened that let this sort of very surface-level meme of a meme get out into the world to represent this huge trillion-dollar company. And so I, I wanted to know immediately who was behind that tweet, what kind of process and system and proofing, and how many eyes saw this before it went out into the world, and who did those eyes belong to? Who was it that said, okay, this is good to go, we're going to let this represent our company? Uh, and I started trying to compare that to how we handle things and how maybe they should have handled it. It was just an it was interesting to think about. What is something that just a, a bank that's not a trillion-dollar company could learn from that? So... Uh, I think, you know, Riley's already already said it in the blog, but being someone that has to tr- sort of constantly visualize that line between uh, appropriate and over the edge and somewhere in the middle, there's this very short lane where you can be humorous but professional. And then at the end, the biggest part was offer value, uh, like Riley said. So bringing up the fact that they have this great content library, let's say the tweet was maybe not exactly the same but some version of that weird meme format and maybe 
hit the mark a little closer. Even if they had just ended that with a link to their content library, I think it would have done better. Attaching that value on there maybe could have buried the embarrassing nature of that tweet a little bit. And I, that's something that as we've grown in our social media engagement at Mavis Agency, we realize more and more that when you have something to offer, it's almost always going to do better for you. And then the people engaging with it and your customers actually get something out of it other than I guess a laugh is what they were going for. Uh, but yeah. So offer value. Definitely. Off, offer value. That it was this too real. Yeah. I think it would have been funny if I, I think it would have come off funny if they had offered value or, mm-hmm. or it had been some part of a campaign or something. It would have shed, shown a little uh, self-awareness yeah. of, I think of like, uh, what is it? Steve Buscemi and that, what show is that where he comes up and he's like a high schooler and he's like, hello, fellow kids. That's what Chase felt like to me. It's like, hello, fellow tweeter people. But if it had come back and said, check out our content library or tighten up your your budget this month, uh, it would have shown that they know, like, we know that we're not Twitter savvy, but we have things to offer you. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah, like, instead of focusing on what not to do, like, it would have been much more valuable to the the customers to know like what they should do. I mean, no one wants to be told what to do with their money. Um, and I think before people could read through all of it and digest it and um, like understand the intent behind it or the real lesson, they were automatically offended, so they could never get there and get the the intent. Emma, you, I, I remember in our inner office communication channel your reaction was sort of oh hell no uh but you also acknowledge that what they said wasn't necessarily wrong that's the thing that you bring up sometimes where we're building strategy for a bank is that you can be true and wrong in the way you say something and and you can also be true and and right you know depending on the tone and the way talk about that a little bit just about how i guess we always say like message is the medium or medium is the message or whatever, but also tone is yeah, and context is. And so talk about that a little bit. Um, I think Chase should know that they really aren't relatable to the average American person. Uh, and just knowing that should inform like the way they talk to average Americans. Well, yeah. And you say they're not relatable as an entity. Right. The person controlling their Twitter probably is a recent college graduate right mm-hmm. true which is who probably spends more, too much money on more confusing <laughs> but the, yeah i guess knowing where you're coming from yeah, what, exactly. what voice are you speaking with and who are you speaking to right yeah i think that is super important for any bank or business and i understand that it can be hard for banks because they're providing services to people who are just irresponsible with their money sometimes uh you know i've been there personally but, you know, I know people who have come out of just incredible personal tragedy, uh, some related to the, you know, 2008 crash or whatever, and are like just now, 11 years later, kind of starting to put things back together. And so, like, to tell somebody like that, hey, eat the food you already have, it's just kind of like, all right, it's just not buying you any credit. I don't think it's evil. You could do so much more. I think you really hit the nail on the head. It's not evil. It's just not buying you any credit. It's... It's not doing anything. It's not adding good to the world, I guess, uh, when you have good to offer. All right, so, Riley, you mentioned a couple other Twitter accounts that do a really good job of being serious and lighthearted sort of at the same time. Uh, the TSA, Transportation Safety Administration, they're the ones who shake you down at the airport to make sure you don't have any explosives. And then the AP Stylebook, which is the Bible for uh, writers, journalists all over the country, all over the world, uh, you said they both have pretty lively but also 
uh, not tone deaf Twitter presence. Right. I thought of those two Twitter accounts because they're both pretty dry, like in nature. Like the TSA, what's more dry than that? What is more mundane than having to take your shoes off at 8.30 in the morning to get on a flight? And then the AP Stylebook, they're just a bunch of grammar nerds. Uh, when JB and I take road trips to conferences or whatever, uh, we listen to the Stylebook podcast where they tell us the latest in hyphen and comma related news. Uh, not to bore you, but like... Can I ride with y'all next time? <laughs> uh, I vividly remember a trip through uh, the Delta when we found out that the Stylebook was going to start allowing us to add in the uh, comma for separating serial items before and, the Oxford comma, there was much rejoicing, cheering, <laughs> uh, windows down, fist pumping out the window in the car. Yeah, when we didn't have to use the hyphen in the word email anymore, that was a big deal. Or capitalize internet, that was a big deal. <laughs> anyway, this is not the AP style podcast. <laughs> right, but it could, we'll get there. <laughs> so like the TSA's account is, uh, there's one post from May 4th, which is a Star Wars reference, May the 4th. May the force be with you. TSA posted, can you pack a lightsaber in your carry-on bag? Visit the What Can I Bring feature on our website to search and find out. Brilliant. It's very funny. Topical. Another post from April 29th, uh, traveling with your e-cigarette or vaping device? Learn the proper way to pack them along with their supplies in our blog. First of this month, it's National Golf Day. Remember that all golf clubs must be placed in checked luggage. Golf shoes, balls, and tees can be placed in your carry-on luggage. So, if I'm a golfer, that is both interesting and helpful information. And I think one thing that I really like about TSA's tweets is that they always try to take the conversation elsewhere. Uh, whether it's to the blog or to their Facebook or to their, like, what can I bring search thing on their website. I think that's really smart to do, and I think that would have been a good thing for Chase to do. And then the Stylebook has... Last month they tweeted about uh, redundantly excessive verbiage like past history, final outcome, free gift, completely destroyed. You don't have to say completely destroyed. If something's destroyed, it's it is complete. And so, like for me as a writer, that's really interesting. But you know, I would imagine maybe for somebody who's not a writer, that could be interesting too. I should have disclosed on this uh, post maybe that I am a lot like a a Chase customer for five or six years now, I would think. I downloaded their Finn app uh, after I read this blog post. And let me tell you what, it is awesome. It is everything like that you're look that you look that you could imagine in like a, like a mobile app from budgeting to like tracking how you're spending to like habits. And just like, it is crazy that they did not mention this. It's insane. Uh, you know, as somebody who's looked at most, uh, like, more bank apps than probably anybody y'all know. Um, Facts. <laughs> Riley's referencing the uh, 10 bank accounts uh, series that he did at mavisages.com or at 10 accounts.com. 1010accounts.com. It is, uh, it's, it's insightful and, and kind of funny. Uh, it, it's very funny and also very insightful. Offers value. <laughs> offers value. Certainly <laughs> offers value. Yeah, before we get, to, I mean, kind of backtracking a little bit, but... Uh, when Riley was talking about these great examples of, of Twitter accounts that ride this line between uh, professionalism and offering value and a little bit of humor, uh, the other side of the coin, which he mentioned in, in the blog a little bit, is these accounts that are just kind of off the rails but can afford to be. Places like Wendy's and DiGiorno. And then one of my favorite examples of, of goofiness on, on Twitter is KFC only follows 11 people. It's the Spice Girls and, and a few people named Herb uh, because it reflects their blend of herbs and spices herbs uh, and spices. it's great but uh but it's goofy and that's one thing that 
when I think about who was the the person or the team or the brains behind this uh, this blunder of a tweet from Chase, I wonder who their examples were or what they were referencing in in the world of social media because it is this weird space where you have to think about, like he said uh, in in his in the blog, know your medium, you have to know your audience, and of course you've got to offer value. But uh, I, I think about what what kind of of uh, mentality they were trying to tap into might have just been it's one that works for for other businesses and and entities but it was the wrong one maybe we could talk about that of like i think of a lot of what we do here is trying to spark a conversation between a client and their audience and emma is behind a lot of that strategy i guess like what is that like from your end of of seeing like something that might be cool or, or whatever creatively, but then kind of holding it to the fire and saying like, does this hold up with what the strategy is trying to do? Yeah, I think uh, for banks specifically, there's always more risk on social media because money is such a sensitive subject. I think if they're going to go this route, then they should have like involved their um, their followers and kind of made it a conversation um, and maybe retweeted some people just to make it more relatable for everyone. So uh, what are your budgeting strategies? Right. Yeah. And then maybe they could learn something they didn't know, whoever's behind the Chase Social. Right. Not Chase as an entity because they know everything about banking. My wife has this insane spreadsheet of our uh, of our finances uh, that she like created herself. And uh, when I look at it, it's like looking at the matrix uh, <laughs> and she's but like she found her own way. Uh, to do it and like Chase should be giving people the tools to find their own way and not just Chase everybody every exactly. bank should be giving their customers these tools yeah y'all too I mean the good thing about um, being a community bank is that you're already more relatable than Chase as an entity so just like capitalizing on that yeah you're literally closer to your customers already it's a great place to start on social media is just what can't what do you have that your customers don't or your clients need and i will tell you right now more financial knowledge than them and and just finding a way to come alongside them and offer them tools even if it's like a simple spreadsheet or a top 10 list of you know extravagant expenses or i don't know just something something like that that's relatable don't be afraid to use content from other outlets too like if your advice is uh what you've got in the fridge you know, Minimalist Baker is, is a great website that has cheap, healthy meals that are pretty easy to prepare. Uh, you know, you can bring, like, not every tool has to be your own. Um, and the fact that you would bring in a, a third-party tool, I think kind of probably subconsciously tells whoever you're talking, your audience, that, you know, you are trying to help them, not just make money off of them. We, we're all in agreement. If you want to uh, offer your customers more value, on social media it's better to engage than talk to it's better to have a conversation with than talk at and it's better to offer something take them offline as i said earlier not necessarily offline but like point to uh something else you can offer whether it's a tool or a forum or an faq just taking the conversation to the next logical step uh is the best way to i guess gain some credit as as we put it earlier so
The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution, agency, or the Mabus Agency.